Good. Oh. Hey. Alrighty. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome to your Everyday Rich Podcast. We're your host. I'm Jen. And I'm Jason. Uh, welcome back to the show. And today we are speaking about something that uh, uh, we actually, you know, it's funny, like uh, we've been thinking about it for a while <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's about paying off our mortgage and if we kind of bring you back on a story where, you know, this is kind of almost like, this is basically like a baby boomer dream, right? The mm-hmm. whole uh, story that we're sold as millennials to, from our parents, right? Pay off your mortgage as quickly as possible. Right. Or the idea of paying off your mortgage is a big milestone mm-hmm. in your life, right? And it's it's interesting because our I've never saw our parents talk about this or celebrate it. Or even mentioned that they're paid off their mortgage. Do you know when I knew my parents paid off the mortgage? So on back in the day when I was living at home on my fridge, we had a calendar. And my parents were always, they always put the bill, the due dates on the calendar. It would be say like Embridge, $67, whatever. <laughs> and then like, you know, all, all your bills that you need to pay, right? Like by the due date. And they'd have it on the calendar. And I would see like mortgage, blah, 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 blah. And at some point, I don't remember what time it was, but at some point, like, there was no more mortgage. It was just like, you know, the the regular utility bills. Oh. That's when I knew. So you're still at home? Yeah. University yeah. or? Probably. I don't oh, remember. Interesting. I don't know. I don't remember when it stopped, but. It's probably one of those free calendars at like TD Bank or the Chinese oh, yeah, supermarket. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. For sure. The, Chin- yep. the Chinese uh, calendar. With yeah, we like had it in our fridge. The koi or the fish or the dragon, you know? No, I don't think it was. The, that type of calendar. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, it's the one. I don't know which. It was probably a free, like a milk calendar or something. I don't know. <laughs> milk. Yeah, but it wasn't the Asian one, the red one with yeah. the with the Chinese. No, it wasn't that one. We didn't yeah. have one of those at home. Anyways, that's how I knew. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I have no idea. Like I just know that my parents paid it off because I mean, I think I think you kind of figure out that they could pay it off their mortgage, considering their um, flex. I mean, they seem more free after. Um, in a sense where it was just, I mean, it's not like they, they, their lifestyle changed considerably, but you just kind of tell, they never, never mentioned anything about it, but I can just get a feeling, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, speaking of calendars. So the thing is, you know, we were hesitant to talk and share about this and even like essentially, um, when we were thinking about thinking about this and sharing our journey, like the whole idea was to try to be, uh, try to share as many of the, our personal journeys and, you know, the journeys of other people mm-hmm. that are going through similar life circumstances as millennials, right? Especially with immigrant roots. And then when, so if we kind of just paint a picture, um, you know, you're talking about the calendar. So about a year ago when this is going to be released, this episode, right? We were heading to a trip to Jamaica with a few of our friends and you know prior to that we set up kind of the last payments and knowing that we're like holy crap we're actually approaching our final payments and then while we're on the trip got a notification we set kind of almost like a celebratory milestone remember Mm -hmm. an invite in our calendar said last payment ever Mm -hmm. and I still I screenshot this I'll probably post this like you know we share it but 
it's just kind of crazy how we put it on there. But we were we were in Jamaica, and it came up, and we're just like, oh, awesome, <laughs> right? We but, just we just paid our last payment on our yeah, mortgage. It's like, oh shit. And you know, the thing is, where when you know you you come you you come reach a like a significant milestone in your life like that, you would think it'd be like super monumental and joyous and filled with like you know like these feelings of uh, celebration mm-hmm. or pride even mm-hmm. but i didn't feel that you know you know it's weird i actually felt i felt the opposite i felt not pride it's not wasn't proud of doing it the idea that i felt almost like it was this little bit of uh i felt like i couldn't share the story with people mm-hmm. it would make it feel like we were gloating almost like showing off yeah you know showing off because I don't know what other one's situation is, right? Yeah. And you know, my statistics probably show that most people haven't don't pay off their mortgage till years, twenty five years, twenty five years, right? Or well into their like fifties or mm-hmm. even sixties prior to them kind of retiring, so called. Yeah. So, you know, who are we to think? You know, in terms of obviously what we've been able to do with our investments and how we've structured our our payments, that you know, hey, guess what? We paid off our mortgage. You know, I was—I don't know why I felt like that. I don't know if you felt the same. Well, I think it just comes from, you know, our roots from not sharing financial things with other people. Yeah. Right. Um, if you get a raise, how much money you make? You know, mortgages. How much is my mortgage? How much left of a mortgage? All that stuff is not really open information that we share with people like outside of your immediate family even in your immediate family probably a lot of people don't even share this share share things about money that's that's the thing once well, you're i mean i mean like like your your wife your partner yeah your husband whatever no that's what i'm saying even sometimes you don't share that kind of money stuff it's true okay we're, spe- we're spe- specifically talking about the mortgage like yeah, you yeah. don't share your like that stays within yeah. the couple yeah and you know, as we kind of thought about this and we're thinking about creating this this episode, you know, I was reflecting back and I was just saying, man, we should have been really proud. We should have, we should have not just like, you know. I'm not saying we weren't proud. No, I think but we I'm were just saying we it, should but... have been more open. Just like on the trip, we could have been like, yo, guess what, guys? We paid off our mortgage. Yeah. Right. Just in the sense of like, you know, letting just kind of notch a lot and then but like celebrate because we were on vacation. It was almost like, why wouldn't we? And the people we were with, I'm sure, is the thing is, we always create these things in our head that we we think someone's going to talk negatively about you. Mm-hmm. But it's just these own little weird fears that you have in your head. Yeah. Whereas, I'm sure if that person hears it now, they probably would be like, yo, that's, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Because me, personally, if someone told me they paid off their mortgage, I would be like, yo. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's go celebrate. Yeah. Right? Because not too often you get to do it so early. Yeah. So, um, and so what, th- so what do you think has done for us? Like how, how, what's your perspective now after, after a year of having no mortgage payments? Um, well, I mean, geez, you, you got, you got extra funds left over now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's done a few things, but, but, um, you know, I think long story short, right. We won't get into the debate of like, whether it's right to pay off your mortgage or just continue paying your mortgage with, you know and other opportunities investment opportunities we'll we'll cover that another time but what it's done is that it's given us more flexibility right i think 
the biggest thing is this peace quotient, um, this idea of you know being able to sleep at night knowing that you don't have to owe another dollar back to the bank. First and foremost, that is the ultimate thing that it's done. It's 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 really it's it's allowed a lot more mental capacity now that you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, if something were to happen, if one of us were mm-hmm. to lose our our current salary, you know, it's one it's one it's, it was our largest um, expense. Yeah, right. Oh, for sure. So having that not there on that cell anymore makes makes a huge difference from a stress reliever point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Like being the whole sleep at night factor. Um, the idea that the psychological benefits that come with paying off your mortgage, in my opinion, far outweigh any spreadsheet return on investment calculation. Yeah, because for sure. A lot of it's like, listen, when we yeah. were talking about investments and stuff, we're always debating whether this investment is better than that investment. It's, you know, that percentage is better than that percentage. And yep. people argue about percentages, but they don't take and consider the psychological impacts mm-hmm. of yep. money yeah so i think that's the biggest thing that's- yeah that's number one and amongst other things like you mentioned earlier so because we have um you know extra dollars now that we have to pay the mortgage we're able to allocate it different things yeah so a lot of it was part of it was you know paying off other debt that we have right you know we have a couple investment properties that we have um invested in and there's you know stuff in there so we able to contribute there a little more we've been able to invest that money as well right the leftover is put into different investments our investment rate has been able to go higher yeah right so the idea is that we've reallocated those funds to prioritize certain things so you're right so give you just get an idea like that that when you're investing depending on how you structure your investments if you've borrowed against like for with us and very common we borrowed with our HELOC which is a home equity line of credit which is uh, a line of credit that's attached with your house as collateral. So the idea for us was like, well, that's a high interest rate environment. Let's pay it down. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of why we said, well, we don't have our mortgage payment now. Why don't we use that towards paying off the debt that's higher interest? Because you ultimately save that money instantly. It's instant return there. Um, And, and yeah, just piggybacking off your, your, your conversation there too is just like, um, not just investments, but building cash reserves too. Mm-hmm. Like cash is king in some of these environments with high interest rates. You know, we'll, people argue like, oh, cash is trash and you can't do it. But, you know, I think we've been talking about it for almost two years where it was like the liquidity, when, when liquidity dries up, it's like you don't have opportunity to buy anything. Yeah. And cash keeps you afloat in tough times if you run into liquidity problems and we all know how many problems people are having, especially investors, when all of a sudden the liquidity dries up and they don't have credit or they're maxed out in their loans. They're like, well, I don't have cash. I don't have cash. I don't have credit. I don't have loans. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck you have? You got nothing yep. now. So yep. um, that helps pay off some of that that mm-hmm. that, that burden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the conveniences are like, uh, you know, e- even though we stress in terms of like eating out and stuff. It's allowed us to go uh, enjoy a few different things. Yep. Um, uh, knowing that, you know, like it's not saying that we go out and eat all the time, but um, we we do make it a, a point where it's like, you know, every Friday or whatever, every Saturday, we don't eat, we don't make, we don't cook. So yeah. it's been like that, but it makes it easier to kind of mm-hmm. go and enjoy that. I think what's important, yeah, we've, you know, 
we go out to dinner with our family mm-hmm. or friends. Um, we've put in some additional money into our kids' activities because you know they're getting older and they want to do more stuff. But overall, I don't think, and what's the message here? Overall, just because we've have one less payment, our complete lifestyle hasn't changed. Yeah, it's not like we go ahead and like double the expenses that we've had before because we're able to do that. If anything, it's just the investments have gone up versus keeping the investments the same and spending more money, right? From that ratio point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, the idea of lifestyle creep has not taken over. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the whole point is that if just because you have the extra funds doesn't mean you should go double your lifestyle. Yeah. Because that's how you actually put yourself back into debt <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. And you're just back to square one, but yeah. back to where the, the system wants you to be. So I think our background helps too. We're just cheap just, people. <laughs> so true. <laughs> kudos, kudos to our parents for raising us to be cheap. <laughs> thank you. It's just not a thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> thank, thank you, cheap Asian mom and dad. <laughs> it's in our blood. We just can't. Well, that's <laughs> so the, difficult. It's true though. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. instilled like in our brain. It's like so hard sometimes to spend more money. Even if you're not Chinese or Asian, <laughs> if you're of any immigrant background, like anyone, I got I to name all of them, okay? European, Indian, Jewish, whatever it is. Like, it's like, you know exactly. Your family's cheap too, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we always joke. It's like it's like the Russell Peters joke, right? So we're always, every every immigrant is fighting for the cheapest, whoever's the, the cheapest champ. Like, yeah. I want to be the cheapest. No matter how much money they have. Yeah. It's, like... <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> but, you know, part of having extra funds um, not allocated to your mortgage does provide some additional in- additional conveniences. Yeah. So, you know, whether you want to go and spend it on something that's for you as a convenience now, whether let's say it's takeout, U- Uber Eats, eating out, cleaner, like hiring cleaner, hiring someone to do your lawn, whatever, your laundry. I don't know. Like, but the funds allow f- for conveniences. And that's a big thing where I hear about when you reach a certain threshold of income to your expenses, ultimately the idea is that you're now trading that those funds for conveniences. Mm-hmm. It helps make your life more convenient. Uh, so, on a caveat though, like you want to make sure when you do that, you're able to still go back to remove those conveniences mm-hmm. when you know something comes up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's hard. Like, yeah. you're, if you're used to someone cleaning your house, cooking for you, all of a sudden, for a reason, they can't come, whether you can't pay them, they're unavailable, whatever. Can you go back? That's true. Right? And life circumstances change. And that's yeah. why it's important so that you kind of understand, like, you're, you don't start al- reallocating and distributing all those funds to all these conveniences when if shit hits the fan, you're like, uh oh. How do I How do I do that again? How do I turn the turn the laundry machine on? <laughs> uh, this is no shade at throwing at anyone that doesn't know how to do their laundry. But if you don't know how to do your laundry, seriously, you need to learn. <laughs> Sorry, you just say the truth. Um and, and you know what like the thing of it is it's just kind of helped us redesign our lifestyle because we look at things a bit differently. We're able to look at things a little bit differently. Um, not in the sense of like, you know, like you said, being extravagant. Um but give you an example, it's where now, you know, because you do, you have one less significant uh, payment that is 
ultimately a high risk. It's pretty risky. I mean, think about it. If you lost your job or I lost my job or if you guys are listening and you own a principal residence, if you lose your job, what's the first thing you're thinking about? Your mortgage. Your mortgage. It's the biggest, it's the biggest expense. Right. So with that being gone now, you know, it allows us to explore some entrepreneurial ventures to take on a little bit more risk where before maybe, you know, we would have looked at it a bit differently because you have a roof to pay for and also mouths to feed and, and house, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we can just all of a sudden stop paying our mortgage, be like a tenant in Ontario and, you know, just coast around because the bank's going to seize your house. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is that, you know, we can take some chances and we're looking to a lot of opportunities like that now. And hey, listen, you don't have a mortgage to pay. It gives you that flexibility. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, uh, I put on my list this year was to to give back more. So, you know, the last thing on my list in terms of what it's done is that, you know, I, I like to give back more and it's something that we are personally working on to get better. Because now that you have some excessive funds, it's like, okay, well, you know what, listen, um, don't get me wrong, I'm always going to focus my family first. And if someone always comes up to us and is in need, of course, I'm going to help mm -hmm. them. But now it makes it a lot easier, yep. right, to give the causes that we feel are aligned to our values and aligned to kind of our story yep. Yep. and where we feel like we want to put that towards. So... um. You know, what's, hey, you know, it's interesting. So when I was the, doing research for this in the States, it's pretty popular. There's this thing called a mortgage burning party. What's that? So they just basically take their mortgage papers or whatever and they burn it. in the last payment interesting. and they just create a celebration out of it. The only time I burned paper was <laughs> unrelated <laughs> in Australia at the end of my semester. And we actually burned all our notebooks. Damn, that's a lot of money up in class, there. Class notes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but it sounds very familiar. I guess I get the I get the concept. Except yeah. we don't have any mortgage statements or all. Yeah, yeah, it's all digital. We print them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only time I burned paper is actually when we went to the temples, and oh, and fake fake, fake cash. money, fake cash. So if anyone's listening and doesn't understand what we're saying, is that in Asian culture, it's like it's very popular to go to these like uh, Buddhist temples. Yeah. And you have basically stacks of fake cash called death money dead money mm -hmm. and you see the denominations like million dollar bills <laughs> 10 million dollar bills you throw them into the fire and the idea is that you're so they have money when they're in you're you're sending money to your uh your loved ones deceased, relatives. deceased. Yeah. yeah but we apparently that's uh that's a no-no now because of environmental concerns but so no mortgage probably no mortgage burning pro party in that mm -hmm. sense yeah but, we didn't really have a any we didn't really celebrate to be honest yeah i know Anyways, we should, but um, quickly here, let's. So, uh, yeah, so we want to share. We want to share like some of the things that you know we did to help us get to where we are now. From you know paying off our mortgage standpoint. Yeah, and and you know the times have obviously changed, right? So when we first I mean, we give some background, we we've, we've been in this house for about thirteen years, so twelve years, twelve about twelve. Yeah, we closed in 2012. Yeah, so just approaching 12 years, 11 and a half years, right? So um, obviously the house prices have changed, mortgage rate environment has changed, the social, the economic factors have changed. So, it, you know, it's just, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but I think the principles that we followed have helped us achieve being able to pay off our mortgage faster. And I think you can apply those as well. 
obviously you just got to tweak a few things here mm -hmm. and there. So, um, was, what do you think the first, like, I think this is the most important. What was the first one? Buying. Make sure you understand the purchase price and your, your income, your expenses to be able to figure out what your actual budget is for a house. So paying within your, like buying a house that's within your budget. Is yep. that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 And like for us, I mean, this wasn't technically our dream home when we bought it. You remember you joking? What was the what was the thing you said the about this? home? No, no, no. What was the term you used? The exact term you used about this house when we first bought it? Oh, it's like we're going to a five year home, <laughs> and we've been here for twelve, almost 12. 12 years now. <laughs> just like, just like, yeah, it's just a five year home. Five year home. Five year home. Yeah, five years, and then we'll move again. And I remember the whole time I was like, "What do you mean five years? Why? Like, how are you just thinking five years?" Yeah. But yeah, the idea was it wasn't our dream home, and. You know, I think with HGTV and a lot of uh, renovations being more commonplace now, people are seeing these spectacular homes being upgraded all the time. And they see that as it's been painting a picture that your your first home should be your dream home or it should be like, I don't know, pimped out, so to mm -hmm. say. And don't get me wrong. I mean, if you can do it, go ahead. But it, for us part of what like, we didn't do that is because it would have put us way over budget and potentially stretch us thin or stretch us to a point where we would feel more uncomfortable like supporting higher mortgage payments yeah yeah so, so our mortgage payment the, you know we bought within a very um in, the, in a budget that was well within our our means um and 15 like, our mortgage payment was no more than 50 percent of our total take-home pay Right, so that allowed us to pay for other things, um, save money, invest things like that, and ultimately that number was a like you know, a not a huge number. Yep. Yeah, I mean because you have other expenses, right? Property tax, utilities, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and we also so the way we calculated, we assumed that our income would never increase. So that's actually how we projected. We projected that our income would never increase. And also, there was a time and period where we were like, okay, well, if we're planning on having kids, how does that actually impact our ability to pay off our mortgage? Like, to, yeah. sorry, to continue uh, paying our yeah, mortgage. Paying our mortgage. Yeah. And, and if you're just on, on one income, depending on where you are, that's a significant you know, drawdown. You're like, oh, well, if I'm maxed to the tits on this and I don't have enough money to pay or you know it just significantly hampers your ability to pay then you know you don't want to add all that stress yep um so and the other thing we did was we also put in you know people would might argue against me but we put in 20 percent, more than 20 percent of our down payment more more than more than yeah. that yeah. right and people will say like why, why would you do that why would you not just put in the minimum it could be five could be 20 just to you know avoid the home insurance um but for us, that helped us decrease our mortgage payments, our monthly mortgage payments, right? Well, here's the thing. I mean, prior to this, we didn't know, I'm going to call it advanced invest real estate investing strategies. We didn't know what the Burr method was. We didn't know what the whole um, house hacking was. Like, we didn't know that that's something you could do. So mm -hmm. I think part of it was just ignorance. Yeah. I don't, I don't call it ignorance. We just didn't know, mm -hmm. right? 
And for us, we understood that our ability to meet certain mortgage payments, like we wanted to, we mapped it out so that we felt comfortable with X mortgage payment. Call it, I don't know, you want to call $2,000, $3,000, whatever it is. We wanted to be able to pay this monthly every single day, uh, a month. So then by adjusting our down payment, it helped us achieve that. So for us, that's just kind of how we felt comfortable doing that. Now, now that there's so many strategies available, I think, you know, if we come back to reality, like this kind of economic time frame, that might not be feasible. Well, no, because houses are a million dollars versus, you know, we bought ours for 400. <laughs> 400 change, right? Yeah, it's a big difference, right? So meeting 20% on a million dollars is different meeting 20% on 400,000. Yeah. <laughs> huge difference yeah you're pretty much buying half our house as a down payment for your house so So not only do we put a big big down payment but we also you know typically your amortization period when you calculate your monthly mortgages are 25 years yep um we decided to not do that and also you know taking account to what we knew what we could afford on a monthly basis we decreased that we decreased that actually we signed a 14-year amortization when we first signed on the mortgage. So was it 16? No, 14. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's 14, yeah, 14-year 14 amortization. So, okay. So part of that is that because the reason why we did that is, I mean, you could argue, why didn't we stretch it out to the full 30 years? Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is we just want to pay off the mortgage faster. Yep. We've always been very... Um, we've been in the mindset of, like, we'd like to pay down our debt faster, because ultimately debt is what hold, holds you back from being able to retire, right? Now, let's not, ar- I'm not gonna argue into the whole conversation of like that, right? Of keeping your payments on forever or whatever. But the idea of shortening it, just like with any loan, it makes you commit to actually paying it off faster, mm-hmm. right? Because you put yourself now into an ability to pay it off faster rather than if you have 30 years, there's no incentive for you to pay it off faster. Like from a psychological perspective, but if you've actually compressed the time frame and made it shorter, well, now worst case scenario, if I just made, if we just made the minimum payments monthly, we paid off in fourteen years, not yep. thirty. Yep. And that's not even including any of the things that, you know, additional payments on top. That what do they call the top up? Mm-hmm. On top up, no, or double up payments. Double up payments or top up at the end of the year. Yeah, or once a year. Sorry. Exactly. Which. Which we also did. We also did, right? And was there a better investment opportunity? Probably. Probably, right? But like I said, it's not something that we were focused on saying that, oh, we can get a better percentage over here. Mm-hmm. Because we knew that actually would it was helping our long-term goal, right, of doing that. And, you know, what we... Okay, here's a strategy we did. <clears throat> so as part of our investing, our investing our portfolio and all that, after, you know, investing with your RSPs or your TFSAs or all that stuff, um, and part of the employer plans that you get, you know, we got a tax refund back. So every year we would take that lump sum tax, re- tax refund and big part of it was drop it into the mortgage. <laughs> and then you know, diversify some of that into other things. So the idea is we weren't taking the tax refund and just spending it. We were compounding. That's the whole idea of getting a tax refund. You compound that back into investment. Yeah. And we did that aggressively for, I would say, the first three years. Yeah. Um, 
most mortgages uh, will allow you to put in. I think it's like fifteen thousand or twenty thousand. Like, it's a max. I remember yeah. what the number is. We didn't do the max. Like we didn't do. We the didn't max. do the max, but it was close. And um, that ultimately shaved off three years, right? So, like I mentioned earlier, we signed a fourteen-year amortization, and we it paid shaved it off, off three and a half years. Three and a half years. We paid it off in twenty twenty-three, and we closed the house in twenty twenty. 2012, sorry, mm. 2012. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I mean, 11 years. It went down to 14 to 11 years. Yeah, if we think about the interest we pay, we saved, it's a big, big, pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, a high five-digit number we saved. So Yeah. Um, uh, and then, I mean, this, this is kind of controversy too and might not be realistic, but, you know, I've always been very... Uh, uh, I guess I, lo- I look at it from the upside here in terms of how far you can stretch and how far you're willing to sacrifice early on so that you can put yourself in a position where people aren't willing to do that, right? Which is we lived off 50% of our income before kids. It's just me and you mm-hmm. in this house. What other expenses do we have? Not much. LCBO. <laughs> Jeez, that was actually pretty big. <laughs> We were so excited when LCBO opened around the corner. <laughs> Jen, guess what? Guess what? Guess what they're building? I saw the plans. I saw the yeah, plans. Yeah, I saw the plans of the plaza <laughs> around the corner. But ser- no, in all seriousness, yeah. Like, I mean, our expenses were pretty much going out, right? We didn't have kids at that time. Um, so it's just, you know, regular groceries and the clothes that we wear and entertainment funds was kind of our main buckets. Yeah, I go back to the whole thing, living within your current means. Right. And the idea here is that, like, yes, as your income goes up, as you uh, make um, strategic investments, as certain things, dominoes fall into place. Obviously, you're going to go enjoy some more conveniences in life. Right. There's a whole idea of your idea of rich is not to just be cheap the rest of your life and say, oh, you know what? Hey, I'm able to enjoy it like this. Well, if you do, great. But our idea is that you live within your current means and then you plan for your future means, mm-hmm. right? But lifestyle creep is a big thing. And if you continue to spend more than you make, you're never going to be able to accomplish any of that future stuff. So for us, we felt being able to save aggressively. And when I say save, is means that we didn't spend half our income. And that income didn't just go to savings. It went to specific strategic investments, right? Paying down your mortgage is a strategic investment, okay? Like, it's it's one of the things that you're trying to invest in. So, um, so knowing what you know now, was it? do you think it was worth it for us to pay down our mortgage? Oh, fuck yeah. Quickly? Hell yeah. Why is that? It comes back to the number one thing, this whole psychological this psychological factor. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to sleep at night knowing that I don't have to owe another single fucking dollar to the bank. Yeah. It I sleep like a baby. <laughs> Do you really? I sl- well, well, no. Until now, your kids wake you up. Kids wake me up with <laughs> stigmata bloody nose or like puking in the bed. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm in agreement with that too. Like I think if I were to do it again, I would probably do the same. Um, having that off like having that weight off our shoulders, I think, allows us to make different types of investments. Um, even like you said, riskier ones, because knowing that that is one bill we don't have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. It's just 
there's a peace quotient, right? Like the master investor says, peace quotient is the ultimate thing that everyone should be after. Yeah. Stress is a huge killer in your life, man. And this is one less stress on my life. Less wrinkles, less white hairs. I don't know, man. I'd argue that kids actually put more wrinkles and white your hair faster. But then you would have more if you had this as well. Oh, this is true. But there's just for men. (laughs) Sure. Anywho, that's what we want to share today. Um, Just, uh, you know, something that we didn't share for a full year because, I don't know, we just didn't. So here we are sharing with you. Yeah. And the whole idea here is when we thought about this is like, you know, we, we felt, we felt, we felt compelled now to share because of obviously of, you know, we started Your Everyday Rich so that we could inspire, educate, and, you know, in, empower you guys to hear our story, but hear other stories like this so that you're like, hey, may, maybe you are on your way to actually paying off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Right. Or you're thinking about, okay, how do I pay off my mortgage? Or maybe you don't have a mortgage. Maybe you've already paid it off and you feel the same boat. You're like, I don't know who to share it with because everyone's going to look down on me like, well, I'm better than them. But you know what? Fuck those people. You know why? Because it's something you should celebrate. Yeah, you should celebrate. This is this is a this is a prideful moment. You should be proud of yourself from being able to accomplish that. And no one can take that away from you. Yeah. And I want to clap for if you guys have ever paid, if you paid your mortgage and you're in a position like, like us. You. Yeah. Like kudos to you. Kudos to you, man. Right. And don't worry about what other people would say to you about, oh, this would have been a better investment or blah, blah, blah. Like I said, get to sleep at night. Like a baby. Like a baby. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's say I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Jen and I have uh, always said this. Um, you know, we won't ask for anything other than, you know, just share the message with other people. If you feel like this has resonated with you, uh, we have these couch conversations like this and we just feel that, you know, not enough people talk about them. And, you know, hopefully we you get to hear these kind of stories from us and, you know, the guests we interview. Um, leave us a review. Could you help us do that? Like, I'm just just help us leave a review. Give like write a review for us. Like, seriously, say like, ah, oh, this was nice or this sucked. I don't know. Just do it. Pay the fee, man. But we're not going to pay your mortgage for you. Sorry. <laughs> Got to figure that yourself. Exactly. But hopefully this helps you, right? So, um, all right. All right, then. Signing off. All right. Appreciate everyone. We'll, we'll uh, talk later. See ya. Peace. Your Everyday Rich podcast is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. Any such information or other material should not be construed as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a qualified professional.